Thank you for joining us today. For more information about our service times, visit okoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at okoegt. Now let's prepare our hearts as we go into the message. Yes, you received your notes when you came in, and today we're going to talk about what does it mean to pursue the presence of God. Worship is about pursuing the presence of God to encounter the power of the Christ, the anointed one. Write the word pursue. Pursue means to go after. It means to run towards. It means to push through. Sometimes in order for you to pursue the object intended, you got to push through some things some resistance, some obstacles. A lot of times we just expect God just to, just to pour the blessing out and we're waiting in a passive sense as if God owes us something. Now I want to I state this and, and I hope you'll understand my heart. God doesn't owe us anything. He is a good, good God. You and I owe God everything. And there are many instances in the word of God that people experience the presence of God after many hard days, after many difficult things, because they refused to give up, they refused to quit, and they pushed through some obstacles. They, they pushed through some uh, resistance. Write this phrase, give chase to to pursue is to give chase to. A great question to ask ourselves is, what am I pursuing? What am I giving chase to? What you give chase to reveals what is in your heart. The chase reveals the heart of the chaser. And church, I want to be known as one who is a God chaser. I want to be known as one who is a chaser of the presence of the Lord. I want to be described as one who pursues the presence of the Lord. Today, we're going to look at two different things where it comes to this idea of pursuit, of pushing through, going after, running towards. The first thing we're going to talk about is the prize. See, there's nothing like pursuing something and then getting the prize, that which you have pursued after. There is a spiritual pursuit that leads to obtaining. There is a thirst that leads to quenching. The Apostle Paul, that great preacher of the New Testament who had the Damascus Road experience where God totally transformed his life, wrote to the Philippian church and said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want that resurrection power flowing through my life. I want that resurrection power uh, to be a part of my day-to-day -day activities. 
Tyler preached Friday night about our inheritance. And as believers, we inherit the spirit of God. And by nature, he is the spirit of resurrection. And allow the resurrection power of Christ to flow through you. There is a desire that leads to filling. Write that word, filling. There is a pressing in that leads to To the touch. How many want the touch? Luke chapter 8. Turn with me for a few moments to Luke chapter 8. We pick up in the middle of a story. Jesus is on his way to perform one miracle. And it says that a crowd was pressing in around him. And many people were touching him. Many people were pressing in on him. But then the narrative turns to a certain woman. It turns to an individual who touched Jesus in a specific way that made it withdrawal upon his anointing. You say, well, how do you know that? Because Jesus looked at Peter and said, somebody touched me. And Peter said, what do you mean? Everybody's touching you, Jesus. He said, no, I felt healing power flow through me. And church, I believe that there is a touch that you and I can can reach out and we can experience the healing power of Christ. There is a touch that makes it withdrawal upon the anointing of God that is in the room. Everybody may be around. Everybody may be worshiping. Everybody may be singing, but there are a few that will press in and make a withdrawal upon the heavenlies. And I believe that we have a church today who says, I want to touch him. I want to touch him in such a way it'll make a withdrawal upon the anointing. And Jesus will stop by in this place to touch my family. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, get ready. Touch him. Verse 45, Jesus asked Peter, who touched me? Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, somebody, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. Let me give you something I think is important. The pursuer is never named. We don't know this woman's name. We know her condition, but not her name. Why? Could it be that if we knew her name, then we would look at this miracle as a singular miracle. And we would identify more with the miracle than the pursuit. But because we don't know her name, just maybe we identify with her because she could be any one of us. And what we know from the narrative of Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel is she had been sick for 12 years. She had spent everything she had looking for a cure. She went from one doctor to the next doctor. She went from one place to the other place looking for a miracle. Nobody knew her journey. Nobody knew her pain. Nobody knew her her experience. But that moment, that day, she got the attention of the Christ, the anointed one. Hear me. People don't have to know your journey. People may not even understand your pursuits, 
but they haven't seen the, the hours and the midnight when you cry. They haven't seen the pain of your heart. They haven't seen the setbacks, but you keep showing up. They haven't seen uh, the, 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 the challenges, but you keep worshiping the Lord. They haven't seen the attacks that people have brought against you, but you keep positive. They haven't seen the hardship you've gone through, but hear me, there is one who knows. There is one who has seen, and you're looking for the audience of the one. You're looking for the audience of the Christ. So I want to encourage you, keep pursuing, keep pressing in, because today might be the day that your touch withdraws something from the presence of God, and a miracle takes place in your life. Matthew and Mark accounts reveal the woman's thoughts. In Matthew 9 verse 20 it says, Just a woman who had suffered for 12 years and constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe for she thought if I just touch his robe I will be healed. The thought preceded the miracle. A lot of times... We have a challenge receiving what we need from God because our thought is turning us away from God. She could have thought, I've been sick for 12 years. I've tried. I put up with all this. And, and, and who's this Jesus coming by? I've been faithful. I've done everything he's told me to do, but he ain't, he ain't stopping by my house. He ain't, he ain't here talking to me. He ain't here spending time with me. She could have thought all kind of stuff, but her thought was this, if I can just touch him. See, sometimes we miss out because we're sitting in a pity party. Sometimes we miss out because we're sitting in a situations and we're counting our miseries. We're counting all the problems. We're counting why things haven't happened in our life. And I promise you, if you'll stop counting all the misery and start counting your blessings, there'll be a shift taking place in your heart. There'll be a shift taking place in your circumstances. I'm not saying deny what you've gone through. I'm not saying ignore what you've gone through. I'm saying taking it to the Lord. I'm saying trust in him with your life. Trusting him with everything you have. That even at your lowest point, even at your, your, your most difficult point, you're still going to praise him. You're still going to pursue him. You're still going to go after him. She knew something. And it began with a thought. She knew something others didn't know. Peter saw the crowd pressing in, everyone touching him, but this woman knew she touched him. And when the woman realized, according to Luke's gospel, chapter 8, verse 47, when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. And the whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Church, you will know when you pass through the superficial and you walk into the presence. You'll know when in that worship, that song transitions into the presence of God. Write this word, everything changes. When this happened, when there's a shift when there's a touch, making withdrawal, everything changes. Lives are made whole. Families are restored. Dead things become alive. Everything changes because he who is life gives life. Yeah. 
When you know in your worship, in your pursuit, when the touch happens, when it happens, you can tell and you know it. The woman's actions revealed her faith. Her faith put a demand on the anointing of Jesus. Can I tell you that faith has a declaration to it? Faith proclaims something. Faith says something about the pursuer. Faith says, I have to touch him even though everyone is around him. Faith says, I am willing to go low, to go high. Faith says, I'm willing to push through so I can press in. Faith says, I'm willing to be exposed so I can be undone. Faith says, I am desperate enough to crawl to him if need be. Faith says I'm willing to be exposed so I can receive a touch from him. This woman says everybody's around him, but even if I got to crawl to him, even if I've got to get on my hands and my knees and I got to get low, I'm going to touch at least the hem of his garment because I believe if I touch him, something's going to happen. There's a determination. Her pursuit revealed her faith. For she thought, if I just touch his robe, I will be healed. Church, others don't know what you've gone through. They don't know the hours of loneliness. They don't know the pain. Others don't know the disappointments you walked through to get to this point in time. Others don't know the encouraging times that you've experienced to get to where you are now. People may not understand your pursuit. They may not understand your process, your journey. But when your mind is made up, it cannot stop your chase. When your mind is made up, it doesn't matter what they think about you. It doesn't matter what they say about you. It doesn't matter what the crowd's opinion is. You say, I've just got to touch him. So you're willing to get down. You're willing to crawl. You're willing to push some aside and to say, I'm going to touch him. I'm going to touch his garment because I know that if I can just have this moment, if I can just have this breakthrough, everything is going to change. See, too often we worried about what everybody else is going to say. They're going to think my, I'm crazy. They're going to think all I can do is cry. They're going to think all I can do, I'm just, a, I'm just a big bubbly form of flesh. Oh, I'm just telling you what the devil tells me when I cry. See, I used to not be able to cry. I used to be able, you know, not, I mean, to hold it all together. And now, every time they sing that song, Jesus stepped in or walked by, and, and the name of Jesus, man, my, I start crying. I just start crying. Every time I see these children up here worshiping God, jumping and dancing, I began to get a tear. I began to cry. Every time I sense the presence of God, I began to get weepy. I began to cry. See, and the devil would say, people are going to think you crazy. People are going to think you lost it. People are going to think you ain't a man's man. Well, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know the pursuit. You don't know my journey. There's something about when you get in the presence of God, nothing else matters. And we need a group of people who will say nothing matters I don't care what they say I don't care the label they put on me I'm going to press in and I'm going to touch the hem of his garment because I need it my kids need it my marriage needs it my home needs it my church needs it my community needs it I wish I had somebody who would help me today who would pursue the presence of God and say I need it I need him 
Don't worry about what everybody else says. They don't know your journey. No matter your pain, no matter how long it has been, no matter how discouraged you may be, no matter how many times you've been disappointed, no matter how much suffering you have experienced, make a move toward Jesus. There was a point in time when she heard Jesus was passing by and she could have stayed in her house and she could have said, I've gone to the doctors. I've tried everything. I went beyond what other people would do. I spent my life savings. I'm just not going to do it. How many times have we missed God? Because we become discouraged in God. And then we begin to think, God owes me something. I don't want to bust your bubble. Well, I do want to burst your bubble. You ain't all that. I'm not all that. We're not all that. For by his grace have we been saved. Not by works lest any man should boast. God doesn't owe me anything. But from the pages of Genesis all the way to Revelation, he's revealing himself. And he loved you so much, he sent his son into the world to tabernacle among us. The Shekinah glory of God walked the streets of Jerusalem. And then when he left... Listen, Jesus blew on the disciples in preparation for the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That, that, that tabernacling presence in Christ now lives in each one of uh, you. Pursue him. Write this. Let's talk about the second thing, beyond. Go beyond. Become a God chaser. Become one who's willing to... To pursue him until they receive the prize, the touch. Be one who's willing to go beyond, beyond the norm. Go to Luke's gospel, chapter 5, just a few pages before chapter 8. In verse 15, it tells us that the report of Jesus' power and anointing just spread faster and crowds came to hear him preach and they came because they wanted to be healed of their diseases. Verse 16 says that Jesus withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And then in verse 17, there's a shift. There's a narrative. There's a heading. And you see that, that Jesus heals a, a man who's been paralyzed. He's in Capernaum, and he enters into a house, and people have heard where he's at, so they've come to hear him teach and hear him preach. And, 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 and their presence is withdrawing something from Christ. And it says that there were some friends of this paralyzed man. They brought their friend to Jesus. But when they got to the house, there was an obstacle. There was a crowd. There was people in the way. But they would not be denied. They wouldn't stop. They wouldn't say, just go home. You know, I've heard people say they drove into the parking lot and because there was no space, they went home. And I've always, I often wondered this. I often wondered this. I wonder what they missed that day. Some people say, well, it's a little too crowded. I don't, I don't, I don't want to come. I'm sitting too close to people, so they stay home. So I, I wonder 
what you miss. See, I, my type personality is this. It's like, like if, if it's happening, I, I want to be there. I want to see it because I don't want somebody to get something that was meant for me. <laughs> or if they're going to get something, I want to be close enough that when the overflow happens, that I'm going to experience a little bit of it. Amen? <laughs> How many's all right with the overflow in your life? Verse 17, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees, teachers of religious law, were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. Now notice Luke's description, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Jesus was there, but, 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 but Luke puts this narrative, he, he puts this description, the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. You can't find it anywhere else. It's at this moment, this instance. There's something different this day. There's something different at this moment. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof, took off some tiles, then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of of Jesus. Now notice the first part of verse 20. Seeing their faith. Seeing their faith has a description. Faith has evidence attached to it. Faith is seen by their actions. Faith is seen by the things that we do. Jesus saw their faith. See, what matters most is when Jesus sees your faith. The faith in this situation was revealed by the pursuit of the four friends. And the pursuit often reveals the faith of the pursuer. Faith is seen by the things that we do. And faith is often revealed by the reaction we have to some difficult situation. Now, I told the first service this, and I've got to tell you, because I don't want to be a preacher of partiality. See, sometimes our faith can't be seen because we grumble too much, because we're murmuring too much. See, their faith could be seen because they didn't murmur, the crowd's too big, uh, uh, there's too many people, let's just go home, today must not be my day. Why don't Jesus see me? Why don't Jesus understand our need is better than their need? No. They said, there's another way. We're not going to be denied. So they took him up to the top of the house and they began to remove some of the tiles and they lowered the man down into the presence of Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith. I wonder if he can't see our faith because of how loud our criticism is. Because how loud our grumbling is. Faith is seen by what we do. Faith is revealed by the reaction we have to some difficult situation. And I don't want to make light of your situation. I don't want to make light of the difficulties of life. Life is hard. And sometimes life is just crummy. Sometimes life gives you a raw deal. Sometimes things don't go your way. Sometimes people disappoint you and people walk out of your life. But let me 
tell you this. If they can walk out of your life, you don't need them to get to where God's going to take you because God's got something great for you. Now, I'm not undermining and trying to say that your life is not important. What you've gone through isn't significant. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But hear me, God's not finished with you yet. He's come to give you life and life more abundantly. But you've got to quit focusing on the past and quit focusing on the hurt and quit focusing on the bitterness and the anger. And you've got to get your eyes upon Jesus. You've got to say, whatever it takes, I'm going to get into his presence. Whatever it takes, I'm going to reach out and touch him. Acts 16, we see Paul and Silas, they're in prison, thrown in jail. Life is unfair. Sometimes life will misunderstand you. And life will throw you in a prison. And I love this example because it's an example of how worship leads to breakthrough. In verse 25, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Let me stop there. They were beaten. They were whipped. They were wrongfully accused. They, 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 they were, were rejected for doing the right thing. Some of you are mad because you've been doing the right thing and you're still rejected. Let me tell you what the enemy is going to do. He's going to use that anger. He's going to use that bitterness in your heart to keep you from the blessing that God has for you. Now, notice what Luke writes. Luke tells us that about midnight, they began to sing. They began to worship. They began to declare. They were not grumbling. They were not complaining. They were worshiping. Worshiping so loud, the prisoners heard them, and then suddenly. And I like that word suddenly because it means spontaneous. It means out of nowhere. It means unexpected. It means you didn't plan it. It means you couldn't orchestrate it. It means that you couldn't make it happen. It's just a God thing. And I'm here to remind you there are still some God moments. You can't plan it. You can't orchestrate it. But if you'll go ahead and worship him, you'll go ahead and sing, you'll go ahead and focus your attention on him, there may be a suddenly in your life. There may be a moment where there's a breakthrough. There may be a moment when the presence of God comes down. There may be a moment when everybody is singing, everybody's touching him, but suddenly your touch shifts everything. Suddenly it makes a withdrawal upon the anointing of Jesus and your life is changed. They were singing loud enough for the prisoners to hear them. I think that sometimes we complain loud enough for our neighbors to hear us, but we don't worship loud enough for him who sits beside us to hear us. I know I should have called in sick today. <laughs> Go back to Luke. Chief, that was good. Luke chapter 5. Go back to that story. Write this under B, revealed the presence. I want to bring all of this together because I want you to see that there are moments Jesus is present. We know that 
The word of God tells us where two or more gather together, there will I be also. There's this thing in theology is called the omnipresence of God. There's nowhere you can flee, nowhere you can run where the presence of God is not. Psalm 139 says, hey, if I make my bed down in Sheol, you are there. If I climb up to the highest peaks of the heavens, you are there. Lord, where can I go from your presence? It's throughout interwoving, throughout scripture that wherever mankind has been, the presence of God is there. We understand the omnipresence of God. We understand that, that Jesus is with us. Sometimes you don't see him. Sometimes you don't feel him, but it doesn't change the fact he is with you. Matter of fact, the book of Hebrews says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. As he was with Abraham, so he is with you. As he was with David in the, in, in the fields as a shepherd boy, so he is with you. As he was with David on the battlefield facing Goliath, so he is with you. As he was there in Solomon's temple, as it was dedicated, and the glory of the Lord fell upon that tabernacle, and they could not stand by reason of the glory, that same presence is here today. And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and abides and dwells in you. He is here. But we also know that there are moments when he is here. And it seems as if Luke is making a distinction here. Jesus is present with them. But Luke says there was an anointing. There was a power to heal. Now, we know Jesus was the Christ, the anointed one. He was walking in the anointing of God. He was anointing himself. That's the name Christos, Christ, the anointed one. But Luke describes there was an aura. There was a presence that was revealed manifested. There are moments in our life when we come in contact with the manifest presence of the Lord. Everybody was pressing in, touching Jesus, but faith caused the healing power to make a withdrawal on the manifest presence of Christ. My hope and my prayer today is this, that as you sing, as you worship, that the action of your faith will be seen and that suddenly God will show up in healing power. He's here. He's here. But there are moments in our worship service, there are moments when you're worshiping God and there's a shift in the room. Suddenly it goes from a song that you've sung a thousand times to as if you're the only one here standing with God and the presence of the Lord is there. Church, I believe that's the manifest presence of God and it's available to each of us. And when you and I reach out and touch him, when you and I take some shingles off the roof, when you and I get some people who will press in until they see Jesus, I believe God is going to show up and do something great. Let me tell you what these four friends did. Musicians come. They showed great resolve. They showed great determination. Write that word determination. The challenge is, is I'm, am I determined enough to do what it takes to get into the presence of God? Am I willing to even crawl on my hands and feet? Am I willing to get low, to humble myself? so that I can touch the fringe of his garment. These friends showed great action. They showed great faith. 
And I believe that faith, that great faith, is available for each of us. And sometimes that faith is seen by the things that we do. Sometimes that faith is seen by our pursuit. Sometimes that faith is seen by us making some action toward Jesus. Now, each one of these individuals had reasons not to show up, had reasons to turn back and go home. Sometimes we are given a choice. We have every reason sometimes to stay home. We have every reason sometimes to do something different. We have every reason not to move. My back hurts. My legs hurt. Uh, I just had a bad day, so, so I'm just going to stay where I'm at. Are you willing to push through all those reasons and say, today might be my day? This moment might be my moment? Have you ever noticed it's easy to get friends that's going to complain with you, going to see the negative of life? But you need some friends that's going to say, whatever it takes to go into the presence, we're going to go in the presence with you. <laughs> we'll take off some shingles. We'll take off and remove some of the roof, and we'll help you get into the presence of God. Church, I need some friends like that. I need some people who will say, hey, hey, whatever it takes, we're going to do, we're going to pursue, we're going to go after, because we believe the manifest presence of God can change everything. Now, church, I know that God's given me a gift and ability to exhort and to encourage, and I love nothing, nothing more than, than being excited and just and just encouraging us and building a crowd and a crescendo, cry a crescendo out to God and we and shout, call out, and we run to God. But I don't want to manipulate you. I don't want to fall into any kind of trap that's going to say it was just the moment. But sometimes, sometimes you got to be willing to say, they don't know my story. They don't know my journey. They don't know my pain. They don't know the setbacks. And it don't matter what they know. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to go after him until I touch the hem of his garment. Some need to say, I got some friends that need a touch from Jesus, and I'm willing to get to him. There's a crowd, and I'm not going to let the crowd to hinder me and stop me. I want to take some shingles off the roof, and I'm going to get my friends in the presence of the Lord. Jesus saw their faith, and suddenly he spoke to that man's need, and that man took up his bed and began to walk. I believe that when Jesus sees your faith, when Jesus sees your pursuit, he knows your pursuit and you're getting up anyhow, you keep going forward, you keep worshiping, you keep singing, you keep proclaiming, you keep showing up, and you're willing to crawl. You're willing to say, whatever, I'm going to go because I just got to touch him. I just got to have him. I just got to experience him. I wish there were some folk here today who would say, I'm willing to do whatever's necessary. I'm willing to pursue. I'm willing to run after. I'm willing to go beyond because I need the prize. I need the touch. I'm going to go after the Lord. Will you today, will you today demonstrate your pursuit by stepping from where you are and coming down front? May you demonstrate your pursuit today by leaning into act to Jesus, leaning into the activity of God, what the Lord has for you. Mountains are still being moved.
has saw their faith. <laughs> Jesus saw their faith. It was seen by their pursuit. It was seen by how far they were willing to go. I come against every doubt. I come against every fear. I come against every lie of the devil. I come against the powers of darkness in the mighty name of Jesus. May the power of God be released. May the power of God be manifested. May the presence of Jesus break forth upon us, oh God. Break forth upon us, oh God.